All right, welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Mike Russo, Anthony Lapanta. This is the first time I've seen Anthony in a couple weeks since before the bye week. I assume that you got a lot of stuff done around the house. Yeah. Uh, new bathroom, did everything that, that Margo wanted you to do. Close. <laughs> I did open a few bottles of wine for her because it's February now, so that worked out. She's in a better mood? Yeah, that was great. That was the best thing that happened to our house. Uh, it was a pretty uneventful break around our house it was we we have one semester left of collegiate tuition in our household Uh so we're hoping that next year there's a vacation on the docket but this year it was a it was just a stay at home we got a couple minor things done but for the most part just relaxed Enjoyed a little time off and now ready to get back to work for the stretch drive. Yeah, uh, I just got back from Chicago today. Uh, Wild won two to one uh, yesterday in Chicago. Speaking of two and one, uh, the February 21st is our next live show at Elsie's. So come on down there. Thanks uh, to Tuttles for having us tonight. Thanks to Grain Belt for, uh, as always, sponsoring the show. Um, we got a live uh, mic there for you to come up and ask live questions. Uh, and if you ask a question, you get a T-shirt. Uh, so. Uh, definitely take advantage of that. Wild one, two, one in Chicago uh, last night. Not the greatest game by any stretch of imagination to uh, watch, uh, to be at. Uh, th- fourth line was outstanding with Jake Lucchini, uh, Vinny Letary, and Brandon Duham, which, you know, to me, I almost expected it because uh, a lot of Wild fans were up in arms that Adam Beckman wasn't put in the lineup. And you're just thinking, all right, if that's going to happen, it's probably going to come in for Lucchini. And here, Lucchini now probably is not being, you're not changing that line going into the Penguin game. Um, Freddie Goudreau uh, would probably be now the guy to go to that fourth line if, if Letary was going to move up or maybe Beckman was cast to go in for Pat Maroon, who's going to be out four to six weeks. But that fourth line really ran the show yesterday and, and uh, you know, won them the game. Well, I thought the third line was great too. Rossi was analytically the best player on the ice for Minnesota in the game, Felino was terrific. And we've talked a lot this year about the fact that the way the NHL has changed is that there isn't a lot of competition anymore on a lot of rosters for spots in the lineup because everybody's so tight to the cap. And these are the kind of spots where all right, maybe it, maybe it lights a fire under Brandon Duhame or Lucchini to know that there's another guy there, another healthy body there that could slide in for them. I think that internal competition could be good. Those two lines were both really good last night, and the Wild had to have it. It was, I thought defensively, they were terrific. I mean, Chicago had almost no chances. One shot on goal in the first period, first time in the Wild history that they had only allowed one shot on goal in the first period of a game. And that that was a little bit indicative of, of the way the team has played when they've been good here during the John Hines time. But they just couldn't get that separator goal to make the game comfortable and that's been that's trend plagued yeah. them so much during this this recent stretch yeah um and i'll tell you i didn't i missed the tampa game so i didn't get to uh experience john hines go, uh showing his displeasure after that loss but after after a win last night you would have thought they lost but john was not happy with the the way the team played said the standard needs to be higher and he was clearly calling out some of the top uh, six guys. I, I thought Eric Sinek was really quality in the game, um, but there were As a couple. Is, wingers. He always is. Yeah, but there are a couple wingers that were absolutely not uh, le- leader of the pack. There, Matt Boldy, uh, just way too perimeter. Uh, I really thought, other than Eric Sinek, I thought the entire top two lines yeah. were just they were off, and I, I don't know what's missing. It's there's something that's not there though for those groups, and 
they're not going anywhere if the, if the top six don't carry the load. You can win occasionally, and depth scoring is going to be important, but if this team's going to go on the kind of run they have to go to make a playoff push, which is to probably win two out of three games the rest of the way realistically, it's got to be carried by the top six. And Felino basically called them out after the game last night. I don't know if you heard the quotes, but it was, I mean, when he was talking about uh, that we need to, that were they're killing themselves by not playing direct hockey, and that that this is just continuing to be a trend and 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 plaguing him. Uh, we know what the, what he's talking about there, and and it needs it does it needs to change. And you know, guys like Marcus came to battle last night, and there were just a, not a lot of guys. I don't know if they didn't respect their opponent, but the Wild, in case uh, the players aren't aware, are twenty seventh place, and they've been twenty seventh place for a month and a half now. Uh, this has been since the Detroit game that they've been in this position, sand- stuck there. They're, they are lost nowhere. To the, lost to one of the four below them. Yes. They, they have no uh, right whatsoever to take any other team for granted. And it almost cost them uh, a really embarrassing loss yesterday. And I do think that we are at that point, um, talking to Billy Guerin a lot lately, um, that... that um, those two games before the break, I think, spoke a lot to Bill. And he is, I think, at the point where he just realizes that this just might not be their year. They're, they're inundated with injuries. It just continues to happen. They just have been underachieved all season long, if you want to call it underachieving. And they just, every time they have the ability to get some traction, they just don't do it. And now maybe that changes in a week or two if they somehow, you know, if they go beat the Penguins and they, they go to Vegas. It has to change now. Them. It ha- yeah. They have zero time to wait remaining. and But he's going to do nothing to try to save the season at this point. I think what we're looking at is probably, uh, you know, an acceptance at some point here in the next couple, three weeks that it's probably not their year. And, you know, maybe we see some guys go out the door again. Uh, they're not going to be, uh, you know, people keep like, when are they going to sell? When are they going to sell? Like, what are you selling? They're, like, even, even if they make that turn in their own mind that this is not their year. It's not like they're going to just be a bunch of different trades that are going to happen. Uh, you know, Pat Maroon's probably their, their guy that could get them maybe a fourth or fifth round pick or a, a player or something. And he now went under the knife for back surgery, won't be back by the trade deadline, can still be traded, but that is going to hurt his value. Uh, Bogosian's not getting a lot, maybe a sixth or a seventh. Um, Which is you know, about what you gave up to get him. Yeah. So it's, yeah. There's and Duhame's probably the most interesting one, and then the one that's going to be, you know, is going to be the talk going into the trade deadline is flower. And that's all flower. Yeah. That's, that's going to be, he is going to be the one that's going to make that decision. Right. I just, I think the, the two games heading into the break were killers. They Mm -hmm. were, they were killer losses leads in the third period of both games. And the way that they lost both by making careless mistakes in their own zone and just didn't put the finishing touches on what could have been two wins that could have changed the season. And, so I think it's interesting when you look at Heinz's time. I was looking at this today as I was putting things together for tomorrow. On one hand, it feels like they've been spinning their wheels other than the fast start, which was really buoyed by goaltenders all of a sudden going 94% over 14 games. But if you look at it on, from the other perspective, it was 11-3. and three. It's 5-3 and three in the last eight. The only stretch where it was miserable was in the middle, and that was largely with seven Everybody, guys yeah. out of the lineup where they went one, seven, and one. So you could look at it that way and say, if you eliminate that stretch where they were seven men down for four games and five men down for three more and went one, seven, and one, other than that, 
you're 16 and six since the coaching change. But if you look at it, the, the way I think the, at least the way I perceive it is it's more, it was 11 and three. And since then it's been one up, one down most of the way. And, and just not a team that looks like it's on the verge of ripping off six or seven in a row, which is probably what it's going to take at some point between here and the finish. There's probably going to have to be a, a six out of seven, a seven out of nine kind of stretch if they're going to be able to, to catch some of these other teams. The only thing I will say, I continue to look at the other teams on the bubble, and none of those teams are great, complete clubs either. So the, you're not chasing teams like Colorado or somebody where where they're also winning six out of eight. You're chasing a bunch of teams that are losing as often as they're winning. It's I think there's still a, a reasonable chance that they could get back in this race, but they there just isn't. You can't lose games like last night, for example, yeah. where which they didn't, but it was certainly there for the taking for Chicago at some point. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that's what Hines was saying. And uh, Vinny Letary doesn't make a you know skate save and a beauty there, and the uh, with three minutes left in the game. They, you know, they taught that game might be going to overtime or, or, or worse there. Um, thank, thankful for the Italians yesterday, huh? With Polino. Oh, and, uh, I'm always Terry. thankful for the Italians. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Um, maybe the key the to last this, name ends in you a know, vowel. Like, you know, during that, that stretch of guys out, we're talking about, oh, they're out without their number one goalie. They're without Kaprizov. They're without Virgin, Brodine. Polino is missing a ton. Maybe the key to all this was the loss of Vinny Lapari. <laughs> Well, they were losing I mean, they, guys they, in every before role. Before last team, night, they had right? won five of fifteen games without Vinny. Yeah, and it's and, uh, and eleven and three that, with Vinny. And obviously, that coincided with the when Vinny was out. It also happened to be when Spurgeon and Brodine. And I know, Caprice but I'm just saying Zuccarello maybe he was the key. But, right. Well, I think well, I was talking with a couple of the other broadcasters during that time, and I said, when you look at what they were missing simultaneously, their best two scorers, their best two defensemen, their best third line guy in the physical grinder in Felino, their best goaltender. And so then you're missing a fourth liner too. And, and I don't say that to diminish it. It's those are when you're missing guys in every single spot, it's hard to replace them all at the same time. Yeah. It's no, impossible. Team, no team could withstand the injuries that they had. And then it coincided with a stretch in the schedule where it was two games against Winnipeg, two games against Dallas included in that nine game stretch where maybe if, that stretch is where you catch the ducks and the sharks and the coyotes and teams like that. You could somehow get through four and four and, and keep your head above water. But instead they happen to be bumping into the hottest teams in the league. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about Mark Andre Fleury night, uh, on, against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday night. Uh, he's probably having dinner right now at Crosby, Latang and Malkin probably, uh, getting pranked or de- levying pranks or something. Um, and then it's going to be, you know, they're going to treat it very much like your normal thousand game ceremony. So it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be like Jerome McGinley, you know, retirement night where we're going to sit there during a 35 minute ceremony. It's going to start at 7.05, up drop at 7.17. Um, they're going to probably play a video. It's pretty cool that they did this. Uh, and this was intentional to have the Penguins in town for it. Um, he's not very comfortable with it. Um, hopefully he's not like Nicholas Backstrom when there's a ceremony and then he has to start. We've seen that, uh, show many, that many times in a while. And that, that well, never the cool went thing well. for Fleury is that it, he got 552 as well. Yeah. So you can celebrate both things on the same night against the Penguins is perfect. It's, it really is a great way to honor what has been an unbelievable career and an, an unbelievable guy for this organization. He's been such a, 
a terrific addition for Minnesota. It's This will be a great way for the fans to show some appreciation for him on a special night. I'm really interested to find out after this game is now behind you because then the trade rumors are going to start to ratchet up because obviously they weren't going to trade him before Marc-Andre Fleury night. Um, but w- what he decides, because it will be completely up to him. He's made the playoffs 17 uh, years in a row. He's made it extremely clear that he wants to make the playoffs again. He wants to make the playoffs again in this uniform, in this city, in this market. Um, but if things continue to go awry, um, there is going to come a time where Bill Guerin has that conversation with him and asks him what he wants to do. Now, there are a lot of contenders like you and I have talked about many, many times on this podcast and informally as well that have unbelievable goaltending flaws right now. Uh, you know, Gorgiev is overworked in Colorado, could use a backup. Um, you know, Stuart Skinner right now is overworked in Edmonton, could use a backup. Carolina could use a starter. Uh, let alone a backup. Toronto New Jersey, New Jersey, Toronto. Toronto, Toronto. I mean, help. there's going to be a lot of teams that I think come at least calling. There's still other goalies out there, but they're going to cost a heck of a lot more. But what Mark Andre is going to have to decide is, is if he picks a place where he legitimately has a chance to win a cup, this isn't going to be just away from his kids for a month. This could be a long playoff run away from his kids for three months. And I don't think he wants that. So he is going to have to decide what he wants to do here. And I don't know if he's come to that realization in his own mind, what he wants to do. Well, I also get the feel that and I haven't talked to him about it, but he wants to play. Yeah. So it isn't going to be like, hey, go here and you're going to be this guy's backup in a spot where you play once every four games and maybe zero in the postseason. I, I think there are some spots where it might be a good fit where there's the possibility that you play a major role with it. But it's different to go to some place and play a major role or to go someplace where you just dive in when it's not your team. Yeah. It's different to be the backup with a team you've been with all year and they're your guys and it's you've been to battle with them than to be the hired gun, so to speak, who drops in and now you just have a very minor role. So I, I don't see him I'd say it's unlikely that we see him agree to one of those unless something changes between now and the deadline where maybe there's an injury, let's say in Colorado or Toronto where there's a chance to go there and legitimately be the man for at least part of the stretch runner into the postseason. You imagine he goes to Toronto and lifts that team to their first cup in 67, then he's, he's must retire. Must because they're, they won't just build a statue. There? They'll anoint him on top of Air Canada Center or Scotiabank Place or whatever the heck they call it now. What is that? Scotiabank? I don't know. Everything's Scotiabank or Rogers. Either that or Rogers. It's something. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what it's called there now. I think it's I think still it is. Rogers. Okay. No, because the two Rogers are Edmonton and Vancouver well, there and Scotiabank is Ottawa and, could and be, Toronto. Scotiabank. Yep. You have a question or are you ready to sing the anthem? Oh, okay. Yeah. You might have to take that mic down, uh, lower it a bit or, yep. There you go. Perfect. That's perfect. So I'm curious, you know, how you guys feel about the health and wellness of some of the players that are going. Physically or mentally? Ah, uh, both. Okay. Well, you know what's been bizarre is whatever this bug is that's going through the team. Very bizarre. And it's it's a legit thing. Like, no, there, I there know. Have been some I've, of these guys that have been. It's been three, four, five days for some of these guys. Middleton's had where, it for like a month. Right, and it's where when we've talked to some of the guys after they were done and have, they've shared what their life was like <laughs> during this. I mean, it's it's ugly. They've not, it's knocked them off their feet a lot more than what they have let on yeah. heading into games. That's what it said. Brodine hey. didn't have any weight to lose, and he is gaunt right now. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe what he looked like. He looked like a tan 
pencil in the locker room in in Chicago yesterday. So, uh, so um, I was a little worried when almost it was like a flashback to the little mumps days. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I won't get back into that. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of their health, I mean, they're they're getting healthier. Other than uh, Maroon, uh, obviously being out of the lineup right now. And, you know, this doesn't preclude them from being able to trade him. I remember the Wild acquired Gustav Nyquist last year, knowing he'd still miss a month. And he actually came in, probably was their most impactful forward other, other than uh, Marcus Johansson in the short time that he played. Um, you, know, you know, back to uh, back to the team a little bit here. Um, you know, you you look at the schedule coming up here and obviously Vegas, Arizona, just the importance of those two road games to really you think those two games are going to sort of set the path? Here I think the, the first two weeks here out of the break, mm-hmm. the, and there's no. I don't think that's a, a unbelievably insightful comment or anything. I just think they've left themselves so little margin for error that they had to come out of this break on top of their game, and there is no time to wait. It, this has to start right yeah. now. We had a graphic on our broadcast heading into the break. At that time, they had the second easiest schedule remaining of anybody in the NHL. Only San Jose had an easier schedule. But that doesn't matter if you don't take advantage of it. And they didn't right before the break with games against Nashville and Anaheim. Now they had Chicago coming out. Pittsburgh's a middle-of-the-pack club. This was a stretch where you needed to probably take six out of seven, and they lost the first two. So it's that, that makes it tough. They're just, there isn't any more time to wait. It's got They have to right now... They got to go on a run, and it's got to be immediate. Yeah, Bill Guerin named uh, GM today of the uh, Four Nations Faceoff that's going to be happening next year between Finland, uh, Sweden, United States, and Canada. Then the 2026 Olympic team. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm just laughing because the the woman that came up, which you all might be friends with, she came up to ask a question was clearly just to get a T-shirt. <laughs> She's grabbed the t asked that question like, "What do you think of the health?" Grabbed the T-shirt and left. So uh, I just think that was kind of humorous. She just wanted a new T-shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, anyway. Uh, well, did but, she at least wait for the answer before she left? No, I think she was booked <laughs> it. She, hey, that was a really nice T-shirt. Um, so, uh, you know, in the 2026 Olympic team, I think that we all knew. Uh, I mean, this was just a absolute guarantee that he was going to be the GM. Remember, he was going to be the GM of the, the Olympics uh, in Beijing uh, after Stan Bowman stepped down after the whole Chicago Blackhawks uh, scandal and Billy Guerin took over for about a month. And then obviously once the NHL pulled out of that because of the pandemic and didn't go to Beijing and it became amateurs, um, you know, then he was no longer going to be the GM because he was managing the wild. So it was just a guarantee that he was going to become the GM here, uh, especially after the NHL announced last week that they're going to be in the 2026 and 2030 Olympics. This is a dream come true for Bill Guerin. I mean, this is somebody that uh, has represented the USA at three Olympics, has won medals for them, um, is the has the eighth most goals amongst U.S. born players in NHL history, and um, it's going to be interesting the staff that he puts together. I got to think Mike Sullivan's going to be the the leading contender to be the head coach. I've got to think Tom Fitzgerald's on the staff, Don Waddell's on the staff, um, Bill Zito's on the staff. Maybe not Don if he doesn't want to be. Um, Maybe Chris Kelleher, the Wilds director of player personnel. And then come June 15th to 17th, um, all four teams have to name their first six players uh, on the roster. And it's going to be interesting. He's got some tough decisions. He this, does not this in the USA top six. Yeah. I think he'll be fine finding six. But the it was interesting. You 
had texted me saying like, Hey, you want to talk about this tonight? And it is a tremendous honor for Billy. I'm happy for him. And it's his time with team USA as a player. I've talked to him about it before as are some of the highlights of his hockey career means a lot to him to represent the country as it should. But I think it's interesting when you look at team USA and I joke cause the top the first six, you're not going to miss. You might miss with who should be in the six as a, but all of them are going to be on the team. Yeah. And it's, this is an interesting United States team. And a couple of the decisions that might be tough for him are with his own guys, because I think as I was just jotting it down, as I sat down here before the show, I think Brock Faber and Matt Boldy both would be guys that I don't think you'd consider either one of them no brainers, Yeah, but they both for sure would be in the, in the mix to be, you know, Faber probably somewhere between a four and a eight defenseman for you. And Boldy, I don't think he would be in your top nine to 10 forwards, but he's for sure worthy of conversation. And that lot can change between now and then, but those, those might be two of his most difficult decisions. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that Faber, uh, is, I think he'll be a lock. Boldy, not so much. Uh, there's just so many forwards, but you look at the D I mean, obviously, you're going to have Quinn Hughes, and you're probably going to have Luke Hughes. You're going to have Charlie McAvoy. You're going to have Adam Fox. You're going to have Slavin. So there's your, you know, well, your I top. Think Zach, I, I like Zach Wierenski. I had, I didn't. The have, only thing though I is Wierenski. I don't think a, he's a lock anymore. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries. Um, he's. I don't think he's the same player that he once was. Probably like, I, not. I think Faber. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I think Faber is probably somebody that you're personally I take Faber over Wierenski or Slavin but I'm just I think those Slavin guys too I would but I I didn't have Slavin in my I had five that I thought were no-brainers the two Hughes McAvoy Fox and Wierenski I think were no-brainers and then guys like Slavin John Carlson Brock Faber were kind of Jones. next I don't Jones for me is yeah. out but I had Faber Carlson and Slavin as my next three so that that would be eight defensemen and and I think and Faber it's for two sure different is, tournaments. Like in two years, Brock Faber is on that Olympic team. No I think you know, but it, you're talking about next season. I think Brock Faber is on the team. Um, Boldy, I think, is going to be tougher because I mean, again, you're 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 you have a finite amount of wingers. This is not an all star team. You know, you want you want to you have guys play different roles. Yeah, absolutely. I like think, you even brought up like a guy like Charlie Coyle makes a lot of. I he, depending on what you need on your roster. I mean, I. I whether which one of these guys end up in the middle, but you got Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Luke Hughes, or excuse me, Jack Hughes and JT Miller. That to me, though, they were just the first four centers I wrote down. Larkin, but, but Larkin could play in the middle, and you start to look at okay, well, you've got a bunch of scoring wingers, guys like Robertson and Connor and Jake Gensel and Tage Thompson. But at some point, you're going to have to have some guys who are your shutdown type wingers yeah. and. For me, though, you haven't even mentioned the Kachucks. No, the Kachucks. Yeah. Well, oh. no, no, they could be in that role, yeah. but but then you, and you got guys like Keller and maybe Caulfield and Boldy. That's those are, but they're more the yeah. similar scoring type guys. So now all of a sudden, does it make sense to have a a third or fourth line guy that's like a coil, that's a penalty killer, that's a a grinder yeah. type, plays against the best, takes big faceoffs for you? I I don't know. It'll depend on how the the Jason rest of Robertson, the, Troy Terry. Um, yeah, it'll be Terry on my list, but the two Kachucks for sure. Robertson, Connor, Larkin, maybe Gensel. I mean, th- there's a lot of good wingers. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? You know, just listening to us talk here, not one of us even thought of Trevor Zegers. Isn't it amazing how his stock has just, yeah. and he, this is a young kid. His stock, this isn't just with us, like his stock league wide 
right now is really, really low. Uh, He's not just, in the same class as these guys yeah. that we're talking about yeah. in terms of an all-around hockey player. Might maybe for some highlight reel stuff or skills like trick shots, but that's about it. Yeah. But the other, then obviously the strength of this U.S. team compared to the others will be goaltending with Demko, Hellebuck, and Ottinger. I, yeah. I I didn't I haven't looked really in depth at the other teams, but you got to think Erickson yep. and yeah. Brodine are no brainers to be on Team Sweden, mm-hmm. and you know those. I just you always think of Canada as the deepest club, but. I think the U.S. might have three goaltenders better than anybody completely Canada has. Agree, I completely agree, and I think Hellebuck probably uh, the number one there. Um, and then obviously the Olympics. Uh, is there a chance since right now? So the next week the IIHF, and and I'm working on a story with Joe Smith right now where we've talked to, I mean, a dozen Russian players from Ovechkin to Kaprizov to uh, we're getting Malkin tomorrow, Kucherov, Durgachev, um, who Man, what a terrible break for him yesterday. Um, we're doing a story on just how tough it is for them, these guys to have to sit there and watch all these international competitions without them being included. The IHF is meeting in, in Switzerland next week to discuss whether or not Russia can sort of get back in. And right now it sounds like no decisions be made and it's still extremely iffy while this war with Ukraine is going on. So there is definitely no guarantee that at 30 years old, a Kucherov or a Vasilevsky or, you know, these guys are ever going to be able to take part in Olympics, but you know, maybe we can, uh, maybe Bill Guerin can start working over the next year to get Kreisov, uh, American citizenship, citizenship or something and get him on, uh, yeah. Team USA. I'd say unlikely. Yeah. But I you know what's know. interesting when you look at this, this tournament, I think, you know, long term, Russia, let's assume that everything in the world settles down. Russia's going to be in this thing. And, and then what do you have? A sixth team that's the other European countries all combined as one or something? Mm-hmm. That might be a, a good way to do it where you get all the other players an opportunity to play so that you don't have a few guys who are left out from, mm-hmm. you know, the, from countries that aren't deep enough to field a team, but you could do a six team tournament in the middle of an NHL season without disrupting it too yeah. much. I was talking to Kaprizov about this the other day and he's, he's pained about it. I mean, you know, that they can't be, let, let's be honest. The only reason why they're having a four nations cup is because right now Russia can't be in. Otherwise they'd like to have a full world club cup so they came with this but what it does is it screws the swiss the germans the czechs the slovaks um it's it's really like to me this four nations cup is kind of a crock um but hopefully it's sort of the catalyst to eventually get the world cup back into into a you know a constant cycle but you know the olympics it's going to be you know to to not have russia be involved um and you look at Kaprizov as being one of those guys that scored a golden goal and knows what it what it uh, means to represent his country. Um, you know, it's it's just going to be bizarre to not have to have all these NHLers taking part and guys like Kaprizov are just on vacation somewhere. It's it's cut quite strange. Um, if you have questions, come on up to the microphone. Hey, this is Russo. Now is the time to choose you and get healthier the Livia way. When you join Livia, you'll receive a personalized and doctor-recommended program tailored to your unique needs, goals, and lifestyle. The Livia team of dedicated professionals will guide you every step of the way, providing you with the tools, support, and motivation you need to succeed. Join Livia today, and you'll get your first three months free. As a brand ambassador for Livia, I just love the one-on-one support that I receive at my Livia Center. I'm on my way to reaching my goal, and I wouldn't be able to do so without their help. I'm losing weight, feeling great, and feeling better about myself. 
Join Livia today and get your first three months free. Visit Livia.com, that's L-I-V-E-A.com, or call 855-GO-LIVIA. Livia is now offering breakthrough weight loss medication options as well. Visit Livia.com or call 855-GO-LIVIA. It's time to choose you and get started on your weight loss journey the Livia way. Royal Credit Union smart checking accounts offer no monthly fees and no minimum balance. Make the switch to a Royal checking account and you'll also get real-time transaction alerts, free mobile check deposits, and surcharge-free access to over 40,000 ATMs across the U.S. Enjoy financial freedom with no minimum balance and no monthly fees when you switch to Royal's smart checking account. Learn more and open your Royal Credit Union smart checking account online at rcu.org slash go checking. Insured by NCUA. Well, hopefully everybody was at the last show at Tuttle's because Ryan from Huxley Optical came and gave away a bunch of Brock Favor swag that was very generous of him. And Huxley is more than just the official glasses shop of Brock Favor. They're a local small business that makes glasses for the whole family. If you need prescription sunwear, gaming, or office lenses, Huxley can help. They'll even put new lenses in your own frames. Huxley's experienced staff knows what looks best on you and is happy to help you find a pair you love. Huxley is so good at what they do, they've even picked out a pair of glasses for me. It fits perfectly, I look stylish, and it was so, so easy. Huxley makes shopping for glasses easy for everyone. The folks at Huxley know what they're doing, whether you need glasses for your computer, sports sunglasses, or an everyday pair. Huxley can help you find something you love and save you some money in the process. If, in fact, Huxley Optical is here to help you get more from your HSA and FSA Flex banding accounts. Find out more today at HuxleyOptical.com or go to their Roseville or Wyzetta locations. Uh, and uh, Kurt Lauks, you have a question? You want to do some stand-up? Yeah. <laughs> he said they could do a hard five. Any questions uh, right now? Uh, well, you got to go up to the mic. People, at, uh, this is a podcast. This isn't, it's the conversation at Tuttle's. I've got the perfect trade solution for the Minnesota Wild. Uh-huh. Okay. This better be funny. No, this is going to help everybody. It's going to help. So what they do now is they trade, okay, Flurry, right, to Colorado. You said they need a goalie, right? Right. Minnesota gets back Zach Parisi. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Parisi scored uh, tonight. Did he score? He scored tonight. You know he what did. That means? He scored. He scored. Yep. So he is. You know what that means? Right. He has passed Bill Guerin. For U.S. born players, He's, right now, Bill Guerin fell to ninth. I don't think that means you'll be trading for him. No, but I do think that might mean that Zach might retire. That's tomorrow. a trade for the future for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, to really build for the future here in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, and relieve cap. It would lower their median them. age. Yeah, all that. Okay. Should I, do you want me to just leave the show now and just yeah, yeah, unless you have something else. Yeah. No, I've got nothing else. Okay, really. grab I think a that's a good ending spot for me. Yes. Yeah. Good thought though. What's up? Hello. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard Garen on KFAN this afternoon. I didn't. It I was, was an interesting uh, conversation he had with Barrero mm -hmm. about uh, the rest of the season and whatnot. But my question is, uh, you're off. Uh, because everybody says, well, he needs to go to the AHL for a year. Uh, what if he comes in and basically plays that he doesn't have to go to the AHL. I mean, you've talked about Husnadinov coming here in two, 18 days, uh, possibly when his season's over. But what about you're off? Well, I'm just telling you, like, I, I report the news. I don't sit there and guess, you know, stuff. OK, so I'm just telling you right now that I'm just reporting like this is an opinion that I'm throwing out there. 
when Bill Guerin talks about who's Dinov, he talks about him being on the team and burning a year now. He can't do that with Europe. Europe is on the best team in the KHL. He's going to play the rest of the year. So they're clearly not burning a year there. When he talks about Europe, Europe is deciding if there's a chance that I am not going to make the team. And you could, there's still ways you could bring him over and have him in camp. And then maybe if he doesn't make the team, you assign him there. But then what you're doing is you're signing into a contract. When Bill Guerin talks about him at his age, he still talks about him as not being somebody that he'd want to put on the team right away. I don't know. I'm not saying I agree with it. It's not my job to tell Wild fans what I think. It's my job to tell Wild fans what Bill Guerin thinks. And I have completely said, until Bill Guerin is not consistent with this message, I'm going to tell you that, that right now, the reason why Europe is thinking about resigning there is that he thinks there's a chance that he's going to wind up in Iowa. And that is what Bill Guerin has continually said. When Bill Guerin says, I am fine with him staying in the KHL, that's telling you that in his mind, He's not thinking he's on the team. Do I think he's good enough? Do I think that he should start? Let's see. But right now, that is, that, that's, that's the message that I'm getting inside the team. Things change, though. You know, a week and a half ago, I thought there was no way they were going to sign Mason Shaw. Mason Shaw has started to play much, much better in Iowa, started to look like himself. Now there's a chance that they sign him. Maybe this changes with Europe. There's lots of conversations that are going to continue to happen between Bill Guerin and Rick Comerow. No decision has been made. I've, I've conversed with Yurov this week. He has not made a decision whether or not to stay there yet. So that means that there's still a chance. But, but you know, the, the only reason why I'm getting a little heated here is I get into these debates with Wild of, uh, with fans on Twitter of telling me what I'm reporting. And I'm just telling, I am reporting what the news is right now. It's not, it's not, this is not an opinion game. I'm not a blog. Okay. As much as you like to call me that. I'm still stuck on that's not my job to tell Wild fans what I think. Yeah, I, I never that's do. All I've been I never listening do. to you for like 12 yeah. years. I still think Scandella should have been on the power play here. <laughs> yeah. Take uh. the C away from Miko. I never, yeah. ever campaigned for that. That was yeah. another one of our colleagues, and yeah. you know who it was. <laughs> uh. All right. Too much Twitter, man. You, oh, no they just shit. make you mad. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. You um, came close just a couple minutes yeah. ago and you caught yourself. I almost tweeted. So this morning when I put up the Bill Guerin stuff and I was had to deal with the dumbest, dumbest jokes back and forth. Everybody to get a no move clause? Are Merrill going to be other, like the stupidest jokes from thousands I, see, of people? I, like I, talked, wanted, I wanted to tell everybody, you want to know why I am always in a crappy mood? Just read my mentions you 24 hours you a day. You don't have to read no, them. you have to. You can zoom you, no, right no, past no, no, them. No, no, no. You got to read them. It's I, important. I read none of them. It, it, the, the, the people want me to read their dumb jokes. I understand. Yeah. And it makes, this is why, yeah. because they know it gets you all riled up. But yeah, too much Twitter. Absolutely. So are you a Twitter guy? No. Okay. But, well, that's why you're well, well, uh, that, a normal human being. You can hire me. I'll read the mentions for you. No, and you then don't want to do like, that. No, just, if you do that, then just zoom past them and yeah. ignore them. What difference does it make? Yeah. Well, I, if you I'm, get some clown who's, tr who's, comment and insight is that john merrill should get a no move clause and be on team usa well i mean why waste your time listening to something that stupid yeah. just zoom by it i agree the athletic <laughs> comments are similar but most of them are just either the room or it's like whatever to do with the bottom 3d but either way <laughs> i had a couple questions about our nudie that we picked up off waivers is it chisholm yeah chisholm um how did we claim him because i heard that we like multiple teams tried to claim him yeah so the wilds <laughs> were, were the in worst. 27th place yeah, so the, oh. so basically what it, that all that tells you is if, if it's true what i'm hearing that multiple teams tried to claim him, which i'm pretty confident in that what i've reported 
basically all that's telling you is that the 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, and 32nd team did not. So that's okay. all that did. Cool. Uh, the, and yeah. the people in Winnipeg really liked him. Yeah. Like him as a player. It was... It just wasn't one of their top six. Well, you know? he wasn't. And yeah. coincidentally, they end up with a guy suspended a couple just, days later. I said that to him yesterday. And, but it's the they just didn't have a spot where he was going to get regular playing time. And it's the roster game. They had to put him on waivers to to try to keep him playing. And But they really liked him and think that he's likely to be a top four, they thought, top four defenseman in the NHL long term. Yeah, but, we'll see. Based I talked to Billy you... about him a little bit. He just said he, he thinks he's got a, all the skills and just needs an opportunity. So we'll see if that happens here or not. Do you think he'd be cheap to resign? Is He's an well, RFA. I mean, yeah, he's an RFA. So, I mean, you could give him, you know, whatever his qualifying offer is. And at his case, he's that's what they'll probably do is give him, uh, you know, a one-year deal as qualifying offer, which would be, you know, what, 10% more of what he's making right now. I think that's, like, I honestly can't remember the RFA rules off the top of my head. But, yeah, you know. As long they're gonna bring him back, I mean, it makes no sense not to. It's 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 essentially like restricted free agents is by definition like you're, you're as long as you give him a QO, uh, you know, late June you're retaining his rights, and then you just you know he'll at this point with two NHL games this season he'll he'll just take his QO. I'm sure. Yeah, okay. he had, what he had five points in six games, I think, in yeah. the American Hockey League this year when he went down there for a conditioning stint. So it seems like a Really good kid. Um, just wasn't part of their top six. That defense has been unbelievably healthy all year long. Uh, I mean, they had a couple injuries in training camp, but they've been uh, just completely healthy. So guys like him and Logan Stanley just haven't been able to play at all this season. And and again, coincidentally, uh, Brendan Dillon gets hurt, and you know now suspended. he's getting it's, it's suspended, and he gets bagged here uh, yesterday, and he would have been in the lineup tonight, and. Yeah, are you getting? By the way, you uh, like Winnipeg's absolutely in the crapper. They are, and they're getting smoked again tonight. Uh, yeah. What is it? Oh, three and one, or oh, four and one? Yeah, and now down four against Philadelphia tonight. Yeah, it, but I, I haven't been as sold on Winnipeg all year as 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 you have, and they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no question. They've banked enough points to do that, but I just don't see a team that looks like a complete club to me. We'll see. Yeah. I think they're going through your normal midseason doldrums. So, yeah, probably. I mean, that, you know, that it happens. They're, they're a good team. They're going to yeah. be in the playoffs. This is the dog days for playoff teams. Like, the team's in. This is why, again, it's important for Wild to start really gaining points here because usually around this time of year, the teams that are ahead of you get start to get a little bored and can't have have trouble mustering up that motivation to bring it every single night, and it's it's difficult. So, You have another question? Uh, based on what you guys know about Chisholm, is there a comparable already on the wild or in the system? And where do you think he would play next season if someone like Middleton's not going to slide down to the third pair or obviously not Faber, Brodeen, or Spurgeon? So, I mean, maybe third pair. I mean, obviously you got Brodeen and you got Middleton that I think are still going to be top four guys, but maybe third pair. I mean, you know, who knows, who knows right now where Damon Hunt's development is? I still think he's got a future in the league, you know, like it seems like talking to people, he's a lot like a Carson Lambos, only he's got a lot more experience now and he's been an elite AHL scorer from a blue line perspective, but he's he skates and all that stuff. But uh but I I mean I'll be completely honest, everything I'm saying is what I see on stat sheets and what some scouts have told me. I have never seen that I know of Declan Chisholm play or not something that I'm you know be able to say. But but I think they added him clearly uh because 
well, for the rest of the year, because they haven't been thrilled with Merrill and, and, uh, and Goligosky. And he's going to take Goligosky's role. Like Goligosky is me an extra the rest of the year, as long as they're healthy, I think. Um, and so we'll see what he does. I'm really interested to see him play and get in the lineup and when that could be, because he's somebody that's been, he's been in Miami on bye week, hasn't been skating. And so he'll need a little time. We'll see if he gets in even against the Penguins. So it'll be, be, uh, interesting. Uh, by the way, I thought Merrill and Mermis were probably your best pair yesterday. So they Mer- weren't bad. Merrill looked rested. So question. Um, by 2028, do you think the Wild will have won a Stanley Cup by then? <laughs> Anthony? 2028? Four or, years from now. Four years from now. I think they'll have made a significant run in the playoffs, whether or not everything falls into place and you win. Yeah. To me, it always feels like what you can predict is, is a team among, say, the top two or three in their conference. And those, to me, are always the legit contenders. And then whoever gets the goaltending, stays healthy, has a score get hot and wins it, that's a little harder to predict. But I, I think they will be one of the top three in the West between now and then, at least one, if not two of those years, and, and make a run. I mean, the, the things that really rely on is Boldy become a true $7 million player. Does Kaprizov resign here? The guys like Yurov and Ogren and Who's Not Dinoff and Hunter Hayde and Riley Hyde and these guys, they start to pan out. Some of these defense that we've heard so much about over the years that are not having good years at all in Iowa become players. So there's, there's vault. I mean, a lot of it's going to be on Wallstead. Um, so, you know, it, again, it's, it's way too early. And then you have to compare that, that we all talk about the Wilds prospects, but there's a lot of teams that are banking prospects right now. The Detroit, the Anaheims, there are a lot of teams that have a lot of kids coming. Um, and you just don't know how those teams are going to develop. So, Marty? I think it's time for the rec- reckless speculation part of the podcast, uh-huh. if you guys are okay with it. Perfect. Let's sure. change gears Remember, here. Michael is not here to tell you what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change gears here a little bit. Uh, Phoenix Coyotes. Ugh. Do you want my reckless speculation yeah. first? The Salt Lake City Coyotes? I, I just feel like the current ownership is going to have to sell, and then they either stay or they move. But I just don't see... The current well, ownership, yeah, the current ownership has to sell. Um, I totally agree with you. Obviously, if they move, they're selling yeah. um, to Ryan Smith in Salt Lake City. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of belief that, the, that there's a lot of want that if the team's going to stay in Phoenix, that, that maybe the Phoenix Suns owner uh, buys. But yeah, th- that ownership group, um, the first thing that league needs to do next week if they announce they're moving to Salt Lake City is take control of the Twitter account because uh, it's gone rogue for a year. It's beyond unprofessional the way that they're playing with the heartstrings of, of Coyotes fans right now. And uh, so that's the first thing that needs to happen. And um, but I, I, I genuinely think they're in deep trouble here. And um, but like I have said, I've been extremely consistent with this fact. Um, and I mean, I have been told this from lots and lots of people. If they move to Salt Lake City, when Atlanta comes into the uh, NHL as an expansion team, the second expansion team will be in Arizona. The league does not want to leave that market, but they need that market to get its, you know what, together. Can I say it? You might as well. You're already editing. They need to get their shit together, and they need to build a building, a building in a proper place that's viable to make that team uh, sustainable and bring in revenue and all that stuff. So uh, the league doesn't want to leave the market, but right now it's just this, this ownership group has not been able to get it done. So if they leave, they're not going to boot on the Arizona, Scottsdale, Phoenix area. They're not. They're going to eventually go back there. 
It just might take five years. Um, and there will be two more expansion teams because it's going to be, you know, we're talking billion, billion dollars. dollars, you know, it's just a guarantee. So, Hey there, it's Russo. Aquarius Home Services is geared up to make your new year absolutely fantastic. Are you ready to transform your water experience in 2024? Just imagine turning on your faucet and excitedly declaring, I love my water. Enjoy worry-free water right now, and guess what? You won't have to pay a penny until 2025. Say goodbye to spotty dishes, revel in softer hair and skin, and wave farewell to annoying white-scale buildups and rust stains. With Kinetico, the world's most efficient water treatment system, you'll get purified drinking water directly from your own faucet, all without the need for electricity. And trust me, you'll be amazed at how little salt you'll need. As your local authorized Kinetico dealer, Aquarius Home Services is committed to treating you, your home, and your time with the utmost respect. Don't miss out on worry-free water. Act fast. Financing offers are subject to credit approval. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention, as always, Russo sent you. Hey, everyone. Attorney Jerry Bosch here with Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. For almost 30 years, we've represented Minnesotans just like you all over the great state of Minnesota to guarantee they've been treated fairly and with respect when they've suffered a work-related injury. A work injury can change your life in an instant. You need someone on your side who can help you focus on getting back on your feet and getting paid while you do. You may be entitled to medical benefits, wage loss benefits, job placement, retraining, and payment for permanent disability. To make sure you are being paid all the work comp benefits you're entitled to, please call the attorneys at Bosch Law Firm. The call is always free, and there's never a fee unless we recover benefits on your behalf. Call 651-333-8300, Bosch Law Firm, or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Holy crap, Johnny, I'm so honored. Usually it's just your brother coming to these shows. (laughs) Hey guys, so we all know the Bill Guerin news today, you know, USGM 2025, 2026. We all remember what happened with St. Louis, Steve Eiserman, St. Louis didn't make the Team Canada (laughs) team in Tampa. And right now, you just talked about Boldy. There's no way he'd be on the USA roster right now if you just, in my opinion, if you look at the roster. I don't disagree with you. I don't think he would. So do you think, and if if that stays the same next year or for the Olympics in 26, does that cause a lot of friction in the locker room? Would Billy just put him on because he's on the wild? Or how do you think he I don't think he'd do that. No, I, I mean, don't think he'd do that yeah. either. Um, but uh, I guess the good news is that he's already signed with seven times seven, so Boldy doesn't really have any uh, exit plan out of there. But I think that would show you that, that Boldy's not becoming the player that they thought he would. And, and you know, uh, and he's going to be eventually a tradable asset. But that is that is way premature. Obviously, it would sting uh, Matt Boldy, especially because some of the guys that would make the team are some of his USA Hockey compatriots, you know, the, the Jack Hughes and the, the group that he grew up with. But, um, but look, even if he doesn't make 2025, which I think it would be very tough to do, um, Boldy's a mature kid. Billy can have a good conversation with him and just say, look, you know, work yourself into that 2026 lineup. Use it as motivation. Be pissed with me. Show me every single day that you're a player. Uh, that deserves to be on that Olympic team. And so um, we'll see what happens. It's still a lot of time before they have to come up with that roster. It's a lot of time, but it's also, it's, it isn't a disgrace if you don't make it. When you think about, if you're Matt Boldy, you're not going to be a fourth line guy. And on most teams, you made the point earlier, it's not an all-star team. It's a team that's trying to win a tournament. So now you start to look and say, there's top six, maybe top nine forwards that where he could fit. That means there's six wingers, either four or six wingers. 
to say that you're not in the top four or six wingers in the country doesn't right. necessarily mean that that you can't play. It's not a slap in the face. The difference with the St. Louis thing is that he was he was so much more an accomplished player in the National Hockey League when that decision was made. It was more like, do you give this guy a spot because of lifetime achievement as opposed to right now where Boldy doesn't have that yet. He doesn't have that kind of resume yet. Yep. And, you know, but, you I, know, but to, to your point and to Johnny's point, um, you know, you're going to need guys to be able to accept every single role. Matt Boldy can't play the fourth line. No, that's what I'm you saying. If, if you're talking about, there's only four had to do a scout yesterday's game right. against Chicago where Matt Boldy wouldn't leave the wall to determine that, that that's uh, what, he's that's not willing point to go exactly. and, and there's make four that. or six yep. spots that he could fill. And now you start to say, well, do you put him in place of Jason Robertson? Do you put him in place of either of the Kachuk brothers? Do you put him in place of Kyle Connor, Tage Thompson? I'm not sure no. that you could make that case right now. It's not to say you can't in 2026, but right now, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think you could. Now, if it's to be one of your extra forwards, extra wingers, for sure, he's on that next group that's on the bubble. Yeah, in my opinion. But that should be uh, like Matt. That sh Matt should use that as motivation now, as, as something like you know, like let's let's prove to the GM that sign me this forty nine million dollar deal that that I deserve to be on these two teams, and and we'll see if he can do it. I mean, you know, Matt Matt's a, like his his skill level is off the charts, and I think in a lot of ways with his his peer group that were on those teams, he's right there with all of them. But there's still the, there's just areas of his game that's missing, and I think sometimes he just tries to be way too cute, and instead of just playing hockey, um, and and last night was a great example of that, where it's like he was just messing around with pucks on the corner, you know, along the half wall, and it was just constantly going the other way, especially in the second period, and it really I think drew the, uh, you know uh, drove the coaching staff nuts yesterday, um, and I guarantee that's going to be a conversation that they have. Uh, any other questions uh, here um, for a little bit? So what else did you do during the break? So I went down to Cancun. Well, I We did nothing other than, well, we did some things around. Did we you had, watch the All-Star game at all? Not. Yeah. I watched almost none of I'll, it. I'll we, say that. So I normally, so I normally cover the All-Star game. I got out of it this year. I shouldn't say it like that, but I didn't cover it this year because we have an army of writers up in uh, north of the border. Um, but I watched the skills competition and uh, I thought it was so much better than anyone they've ever done. I think one big reason other than Kucherov is that they Connor McDavid helped sort of redevelop this thing. They got 12 players that wanted to work their butt off, except Mc, for Kucherov, except for Kucherov. So 11 players that wanted to work their butt off. Um, McDavid, though, like put his money where his mouth is, yeah. where he basically helped plan this thing and then worked his absolute butt off to try to win it. and winds up winning it but i watched every second of it because my nephews wanted to watch it my nephews from atlanta who don't watch hockey as much as their other sports and like and what it actually is i was sitting there with my nephews watching this one's turning 11 and the other turning nine it made me realize that sometimes as cynical adults we all sit there and roll our eyes at this event but, but it is for the kids but i think and the kids love the skill it. thing was different because it wasn't like what drove me nuts is the one like remember back to the Kirill Kaprizov coming in pretending he was all yeah, I mean, it was all that, the gimmicks. It was a that was I couldn't watch thirty seconds of that. Yeah, the thing this, on the Bellagio right, Fountain. This was at least competitive, and that's what I've always said is that if they could find a way to make the guys compete, whatever the motivation is to make them compete, then they're fun to watch. And the I thought the the switch to three on three would 
have a little bit of that effect. Give them a cash prize, and you're not asking them to block a bunch of shots or to play the because you don't play that way three on three anyway. And I thought the I did. We watched a little bit of one of the three on three semifinals. We actually drove down to Mankato to watch St. Thomas play Minnesota State one night, one of the nights that we were off, and so we had it on as we were eating lunch on the way down, and it looked like they were at least marginally competitive, and guys were at least skating hard and playing harder than what I remember in the past. Because I've always argued, if you don't want to go, don't go. But if you want to go, then go and compete. And what I would, I was thinking about it, though, as we were standing down there. So they, they're playing for a million bucks for the winning team. What if you make it, somehow make it, get three million for each team. So guys are playing for a quarter million bucks or something. And, and if you do that, and if a guy says that doesn't matter, then say, all right, well, then don't ever come in and hold out in the next contract negotiation and tell me that 6.2 isn't enough that you need 6.5 if you're going to say that it's not worth the effort to play in this game. Especially like in this work, one too, like if Kucherov didn't want to take place in it, just don't play. Like right, last year, Karo Kaprizov was the only one that didn't take part in the, in the skills competition. He didn't want to do it again this year, so they didn't pick him. And right. especially with 12 guys out of 20, whatever that were there, why is Kucherov in it? Just like, just bow out, man. Um, you know, I, I'm watching with my nephews and my nephew's watching Kaprizov and he goes, that guy sucks. And I turned to him I'm like, he's actually one of the best players in the NHL. Right. He's just acting like a jerk, right. like a Which little baby, like yeah. he's less mature than you. That's exactly what I told my nephew. And and um, and 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 I, and I just don't understand why Kucherov and he does this all the time. He's such a mercurial guy, like covering them in the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago in the Eastern final. Um, like, I, I really lost a lot of respect for him. His whole act, his whole persona, the way he addresses the media on there. I mean, maybe Joe Smith has obviously a very different relationship because he covered with him and he could probably speak much more intelligently on uh, giving the DNA of what makes that guy tick. But I have seen him treat people with such little respect all the time on these, in these media scrums. And so for him to act like such a baby up there during that thing, I don't know if you noticed on the first one, the passing one, where he was acting like a schmuck. When he got back to the bench, to the middle of the ice with all the players, none of those players even wanted to look at him. And so they're like for a guy that's actually respected amongst his peers, his peers thought it was embarrassing. It was so obvious. None of them like even made eye contact with him when he skated back there. So yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, like if I'm the league and it's a shame that you have to say this, then I, I do you really want one of the best players in the NHL acting like like you know, no. complete donkey all the time. Well, remember the, the well, the guy who stands out the most for me that did that was when PK Subban was in it. Mm -hmm. And remember he was like sliding across the ice, pretending like he was trying to block shots. Yeah, I do remember three. in LA. And it was, yeah. it was like, look, if that's what you're going to do, then don't play. Yeah. I think now, it was in LA. Now you've made it be a joke for everybody else. That's yeah. a part of it. So that, that, that was a very small part of our break. Went and watched a college game. I actually, um, Spent a little bit of today trying to figure out where I'm going to watch the Super Bowl in Vegas because it's hard. It's impo was, almost I was, impossible. I was trying to help. So the player, you guys are landing at the time and these players, they, you know, by the time you land, they're not going to be able to get anywhere. Everybody wants like ridiculous covers to get in. Right. Um, so I was actually talking to a couple of players. Sorry. The last couple of days about maybe hooking them up with uh, our mutual friend casino host about maybe getting them to the Planet Hollywood party. Um, but it's it's really. Like it's this is why I, 
I looked at, you remember that place we went where we sat and had like burgers and beers outside that, I think it's called yeah, the yeah. beer park? Yeah, yeah. The beer park was, it was, you had to have a table of six and it was 1500 bucks. Yeah. To sit at that yeah. place where yeah. it's like. I told the players to go to this place called the Flight Club, which is this darts, this high-end darts, like sort of bar at the Venetian or, or, um, or uh, Palazzo. And it's amazing, by the way. You should check it out. You'll love it. Um, but. Again, like by the time they land and get down there, I mean, imagine like first of all, you're even gonna be able to get a reservation in there. I just don't even think so. No. Uh, last topic of the show. Where do you think Jake Ensel? I I think Jake's gone. I think he's getting traded. Um, I think, I think we're see- in the same spot as Minnesota, where these next two weeks yeah. are the if they all of a sudden string together five out of six, he probably stays. And if it's anything less than that, I think they know that even if they get in, they're not in the same level as the elite teams in the East, but. It's hard to let a guy go like that when you got an organization as proud as what they've been over this over this yeah. what last eleven years, twelve years to say, hey, we're going to deal this guy away, even though we're sitting in a playoff spot. Yeah, you know who's going to be the most pissed off if Jake Gensel gets traded? Number eighty-seven, guarantee yeah. it. Yeah, uh, guarantee. Which it. that's my point is it's going to be hard to yeah. sell to guys like that that hey, we're going to we're going to move this guy even though we're sitting in a spot where we could make the playoffs or mm-hmm. are in the playoffs. Cool. All right. Nice to have you back working. I'm anxious to get back to work. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's been 12 days. Crazy. You guys going to show the flurry uh, thing live tomorrow? I think so. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm Probably fairly make, certain. Make a call. Yeah. Well, um, any not, other... It won't be my call. Yeah. Last question, or are we ending the show? Anybody? Going once, twice, three times. Uh, February 21st is our next live show at LC's. Hopefully everybody comes on out. Thanks to our incredible sponsors, uh, especially uh, Tuttles for having us out here. Thanks to Grain Belt for the specials. We'll have another Grain Belt special over at LC's on February 21st. Talk to everybody. Whoop, I got sponsors. Sorry, we I have more sponsors my... than that. Yep. Yeah, I know. We have Huxley Optical. Yeah. But do you know this is the Aquarius Home Services Studio on I location did, and, at Tuttle? And we've got Twill and the Royal Credit Union at both. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Aquarius supporters. Home Services, your local authorized dealer, Connecticut Water Treatments, Huxley Optical, Livia, Weight Control Centers, Bosch Law Firm, Twill in the Adina Galleria, and Royal Credit Union. Thanks, everybody, for coming on out. So much coming out, there's nothing going Oh, but the world won't forgive a winner. No, 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 no. You got to read them. Can I say it? You might as well. You're already editing. They need to get their shit together.